the latest ones we've taken on, and uh, they are frustrated because they're ready to go to Germany. They're ready. They, no, that's what he was saying. They're hoping to be there by the end of the month. Uh, Germany's got their borders closed. Um, so they've been ready for, I believe, two months now. Um. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So um, so pray for them. Uh, it sounds like he's got an in, hopefully, uh, in the next couple of weeks. And uh, I'll be looking forward to hearing from them. Um, it'll be fun when we have a Zoom meeting with them. Um, I'm going to call Brother Randy Vance and see if I can schedule something with them. Maybe um, he'll be available next month, and he, maybe he'll be our missionary of the month, and we'll have him come preach on Wednesday night. Uh, I like him a lot. Um, I spoke with, I messaged Brian Lawson about uh, preaching next Wednesday. Uh, it's not guaranteed, but it's tentative. He had to check his schedule. Uh, it's pretty encouraging. So they're an hour in front of us, if I'm saying that right. I believe I am. And I called him. I messaged him at, at 9.30 last night, and, and about five or ten minutes later, he, he replied with a voice messenger, which I, I didn't even know that was an option. So it was really neat. I could hear him with a voice as clear as day. He left me like a 20 or 30 second message, and um, he said he, he was still doing a Bible study, um, and, when he, um, and when he was done, he'd uh, get a hold of me, and he did. But, but, but think about that. It's after 10.30 at night where he was, and he's still doing a Bible study. I was encouraged at that, just calling a missionary out of the blue. Um, <clears throat> if all goes well, I'm long in bed by 10.30. So I was encouraged that he was there. Amen. Uh, all right. If you have your Bibles this evening, Acts chapter 28. I'm sure we could all guess that. Acts chapter 28, 1 Thessalonians 4. <coughs> I believe that's the only scriptures we'll probably be turning to tonight. Uh, Lord willing, if all goes well, I think we're going to finish Paul's missionary journeys next, or whenever whenever I teach next. Uh, so the next couple of weeks, barring when uh, Brother Lawson will preach for us. Uh, but we're, we're really close. I thought today was going to be the last day, but it's just not. Amen. Let's get right into it. Um, Acts chapter 28, verse 11. And after three months we departed in a ship of Alexandria, which had wintered in the isle, whose sign was Castor and Pollux. And landing at Syracuse, we tarried there three days. And from thence we fetched a compass and came to uh, Regium. And after uh, one day the south wind blew, and we came the next day to uh, Puteoli. I didn't work on those words, I should have. Where we found brethren and were desired to tarry uh, with them seven days, and so we went toward Rome. And from thence we... Uh, and from thence, when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet with us uh, as far as uh, a pie forum in the three taverns, whom when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. And when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard, but Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with a soldier that kept him. Brother Tony, do you pray as we dive into this message, brother? Amen. We spent the last couple of weeks on the shipwreck, right? And the more that I study this, the more I ponder on it, the more I meditate upon it, the more I preach upon it, the more I think about it, I think that everybody got saved that was on board that ship. 
can't be dogmatic about it, it's just my opinion. But the more I look at it, man, just the more I think that they were probably saved, not necessarily before or during the shipwreck, but, but maybe while on the Isle of Malta or Melita. Because they spent three months there. Three months. That's a long time to spend with Paul the Apostle. He was healing people all over the island for three months. But he wasn't just healing people. He wasn't just sitting in his tent, getting in his own bubble, letting the whole world go by. You know he was telling people about Jesus Christ, about the resurrection, about the Old Testament, because he knew his Old Testament scriptures, how the God was going to send his son for a savior, talk about Moses and the prophets. For three months, that island spent listening to Paul. They had uh, an undivided attention towards Paul. He was healing people. God was moving supernaturally on that island. We're talking like, probably like a revival type of a mentality. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet a majority of people were probably getting saved. I don't know how many people were on the island, but I'm just saying three months of people getting healed and people accepting Christ as their Savior, we're talking like a revival service. I got to thinking about this and, and what the scene would be like. And I don't know, maybe all of their Bible studies were around a campfire. Maybe they had a, 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 a building type like this, I don't know. But Paul had a lot to say. Think about it. Paul before his conversion. Man, how he tortured people. I mean, literally put him in jail. His testimony before he got saved. Then his testimony literally having a come to Jesus meeting on the road to Damascus. I mean, what a story that is to tell. Let alone Moses and the prophets and, and, and preaching how the Old Testament ties in with the New Testament and how it's all, it's not being done away with the law, but a fulfillment of the law. All these things, Paul's telling them. I, you you got to imagine, as a whole lot of new converts, probably, they're hanging on every word of what Paul has to say. He could have told them about when he was stoned to death and, and left for dead. He could have told about uh, uh, that boy named Eutychus that fell three stories. You remember him? Eutychus too, if you fell three stories? I had to get that in one more time, Rachel. One more time before this series was over. <laughs> I mean, they'd probably hang in every word. Paul and Silas telling about how they were singing and praising God in the prison and the prison doors and the prison started to shake and the doors flew open and nobody even left the jailer ended up getting saved not to mention why they were even in prison in the first place where it was that uh, um, that, 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 that girl that had a devil in her was following them around while they were trying to preach in the streets and tell people about Christ and this girl was mocking them and, and, and Paul cast that demon out of her I mean they're probably sitting around hanging on every single word that Paul had to say. It wasn't just the Old Testament that he knew like the back of his hand. But man, he, he had stories to tell. It'd be good if we knew our Bibles, but we also had stories to tell of how Christ has done things in our lives. Amen. Paul could have told him about the stoning of Stephen. He was there. How Paul was worshipped as a God more than once on one occasion. 
Paul had to convince them, <laughs> put, put the animals away. You don't need to make sacrifices to me. I'm not the God of Jupiter or Mercury or whichever one they thought he was. Paul had to sneak down, in the, uh, down the outer city wall in a basket because people were uh, seeking his life. He had to literally go from town to town because the religious folk were out to kill him. I just named like the top eight or ten, eight things that I just thought off the top of my head that in the Paul's missionary journeys. And that's just what the scripture tells us. I mean, Paul could sit for days, I dare say three months worth of telling stories of what God's done for him, let alone the gospel message. Amen. But God basically gave all those people that were on that ship a three month vacation. Really, really, they, they had no responsibilities. The, 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 the island people, the natives or the barbarians is probably the author Luke said. They were taking care of them in a big way. What a time of, of, of resting and re relaxation. People are getting healed and no doubt getting saved. New converts who are hungry for the word of God, hanging on every word of the gospel. They're having a revival in Melita or Malta. Amen. I'd like to point out that would have never happened if those on board hadn't put their trust in Christ during the storm. As in, they wouldn't have been part of whatever revival meeting was happening. They wouldn't have been part of any rest because they would have been cast out to sea with the storm, not putting their trust in the word of the Lord. That happens a lot. I, I, I believe it. I know I'm a young man uh, in the Lord, but uh, even as a young preacher, I can see it. And, and we can see it as Christians that people, as soon as something, as soon as a storm happens, boom, they're gone. They jump ship, even though the word of God's saying, hey, it's, it, it says to not jump out of the ship. And the preacher man saying, hey, the word of God says, don't jump out of the ship. You got to stay here to remain saved. And they're, they're gone. Not putting their trust in what the preacher man's saying about the word of God. It's not the preacher man, but the word of God. We see that a lot. And they're left out to, out to sea saying, how come God didn't take care of me? Well, you didn't obey what God said in the first place. We see that a lot nowadays. They'll be, they'll be ignoring the word of God. They'll be out at sea. They'll be often die out there. And like I mentioned before church started, folks that got hurt at some point, whether justified or not, it doesn't matter. They quit on God. And then, then when bad things happen in the storm, and, and even after the storm, they'll say things and they'll say to themselves, it's not fair what I'm going through. But they'll say things like, when I get my life together, I'll start serving the Lord. But when, when I get back to shore, I'll start serving the Lord. I'm wading out in the water right now. Or they'll say, it's not fair that my storm is worse than somebody else's storm. Therefore, I'm going to do what I think is best, even though it's contrary, literally, to the word of God. But I'm going to do what I think is best. And this one, I literally hear at least once a month. My life is so hard, so I can't serve God like I should. I literally, as a pastor, uh, I hear that uh, all the time. All the time. But here's the thing, the entire time that they were starving and that they were sick and they were going through this 
14-day storm. I mean, I, I cannot imagine how bad that must have been. But that entire time, God knew that he had three months of rest and relaxation. Basically, a three-month vacation of just hanging out on this island, getting fed and resting the whole time. How many times in our lives are we going through a storm, we just throw away the, the hope or the promises that God has for us because we don't want to trust Him right now because it doesn't make any sense. There's been times where it did not make sense for me to serve the Lord. I mean, I took it. Um, I don't recommend this. I'm not advocating for this. But just to show you my mindset, as a young man, I don't, I don't even know if we had, yeah, we had at least one baby, maybe two. Um, I got home from work. <coughs> Framing at the time. I tore out my out, outer bathroom wall. Outer bathroom wall. Pulled out the old tub. Put in the new. It's Wednesday night. Uh, we got to get to church. I put a tarp over the wall, went to church. Got home. Finished the outside wall. Now, I knew I could get it done even in the wee hours because I did that for a living. But I had a mindset. It does, we're going to church. It's Wednesday. I'm going. Right. Not everybody can do that. They should do it on Friday. So they have Saturday too. But, but, but my point is that's our mindset. That's what we're going to do no matter what. This is what we're going to do as a family. It's for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. Finding themselves in a cycle of self-reliance and never growing, at least growing much in the Lord. Because how do you grow in the Lord if you haven't proved Him, if you haven't tried Him, if you haven't trusted in Him? And we wind up with Christians that just aren't hardly matured at all. Then you have baby Christians and you're not going to grow with them. Amen. Back to our text, verse, Acts 28, verse 11. And after three months we departed in a ship of Alexandria, which had wintered in the isle, whose sign... Was Castor and Pollux. I hope I'm saying those words right. What on earth does a sign mean? I had to do a little homework on this one. I, I didn't know what they were talking about. I just, I kind of had an idea. But signs of the ship were, were very common in those days. And they still are, really. Um, in all big ships, even now, they must have a call sign, even today, to identify themselves. All big ships. Merchant vessels and small boats are not required to have call signs. But we know that people like to name their boats. So I pulled up a couple ones that were funny. People, somebody named their boat Titanic 2. <laughs> One named it Seasick. S-E-A. Seasick. Fishing Impossible. <laughs> These are clearly a bunch of dads, right? Clearly. <laughs> um... Fantasy, S-E-A, fantasy. Uh, sabbatical, S-E-A, sabbatical. Bad. I like this one. Vitamin C, S-E-A. This one my dad used like in every message he ever preached. Um, he would tell a story about, it was, it was a long joke, but I'll get right to the punchline, about the preacher that named his boat Visitation. Whenever somebody would ask what he was doing, he was out on visitation, you know. <laughs> if I were to say the Black Pearl, pretty much everyone would be like, oh, Pirates of the Caribbean, right? 
it got me thinking of Gilligan's Island, and, and, and I'm varying a little bit, and I'll get back to the text, amen, but what was the name of the boat on Gilligan's Island? Does anybody know? As soon, I had to look it up, but as soon as I saw it, I kicked myself. Miss Carrie, you know? S.S. Minnow. Congratulations. Miss Doug. No. Really? <laughs> I'd do it too. I'd do it too. Amen. The, uh, I, learned, uh, I learned this just today, a little bit before the service. While sinking, the Titanic used Morse code to send for help. The code was this. CQDMGY. Did anybody ever hear this before? I never heard of this in all my life. It was CQDMGY. CQD was short for come quickly danger. And MGY is actually the call sign for the Titanic. And I thought, oh, it's going to have some great significance, right? No, it's not. It was just numbers that were designated to the Titanic years ago. Uh, I couldn't find any good reason. It was just like, just like their, uh, their number given to the boat. <clears throat> Amen. Got me thinking, too. If our earthly vessel had a call sign... What, like, 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 and oftentimes, right, you name your boat, like, for what it's doing, or you're, you're a fishing man, fishing impossible, horrible, right? Uh, it, whatever your boat is for, you try to name it towards that. What are we going to name our vessels? If we were honest with ourselves. I wrote down some rough ones. The complainer, the victim, the whiner, the drama queen or king. Opposed to it could be encourager, faithful, steadfast, reliable, trustworthy. I hope I got a good call sign. What I'm known for. Goes into a character message. We're all known for something, amen. We use that a lot of times with the teenagers. We're all known for something. What is it? Uh, even a child, was Proverbs 20, 11, even a child is known by his doings, whether it may be pure or whether it may be right. We're all known for something. What is it? scary thought if we were honest with ourselves amen so the ship back to the message amen so the ship that that paul got on was from alexandria which was in rome and what were the romans known for worshiping we know this greek gods and goddesses and uh, uh greek mythology so look at our verse now it says after three months we departed in the ship of alexandria which had wintered in the isle whose sign was castor and pollux I found this interesting. So now I understand what a sign is. Now, now I looked up th- these names, and, and that it's, it's, it's in Greek mythology, Castor and Pollux are the twin sons of Zeus or Jupiter. And they were apparently, in this part I copy and paste this, so bear with me, since they were apparently semi divine figures that were credited with the role of saving those in trouble at sea or in grave danger and were particularly associated with horses and sports. So why would the author, probably Luke, point out specifically in the ship that we were on from Alexandria, oh, and the call sign was Castor and Pollux. Why would the author point that out specifically? Hold your place, Acts 28. Go to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. I just want to remind us that when, when, when the author was writing the book of Acts, 
it wasn't writing to Miss Darla in, as an American in, in 2020 and Brother Shine in 2020. It, he wasn't thinking, I, I got to write to the Americans in 2020. Look at Acts 1.1. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Luke was writing to Theophilus to take account of what had happened during these times for a, a, a record keeping. So they would know exactly what happened. And you say, what are you getting at? I'm saying Luke pointed to a ship with an exact call sign because only one ship can have a call sign. You can't have duplicates. And you have a duplicate name and you have to add a number or a letter. Only one call sign per ship. Very unique. Luke was being very clear. We were on this ship. This was the call sign. You can go check them out. Anybody wants to do any studying on this, uh, uh, living in this time, go check out. That was the ship we were on. Go talk to the people that owned it, that were on it. There's more people that you can talk to to verify what I'm saying. That's what Luke is doing. I believe it was Luke. The author was doing when writing the book of Acts. Was giving an account of what was happening. He was just giving validity to these things. Go back to our text, Acts 28, 12. <clears throat> Go to 14. <clears throat> Where we found brethren and were desired to tarry with them seven days. So we went toward Rome. From thence, <clears throat> when the brethren heard of us, they came to meet us. As far as uh, a pie forum and the three taverns, whom, whom when Paul saw, he thanked God and took courage. <clears throat> There's something pretty interesting and encouraging in this particular verse. Um, I was really intrigued when I came across this. Um, oh, I shouldn't go half-cocked into this thought, but I watched a, a, a preaching message today, and I'm all about the King James Bible 100% till I die. <clears throat> but sometimes in numerology, we can get like exaggerated and we try to make things work in my opinion and and, and uh, I forget what it was, it was Psalm 1611 he took he was trying to show numbers and how it works and how King James was like is I'm, I'm, I'm halfway doing this King the word King James is the nine letters and nine is fruitfulness fruits of the spirit to prove that it's the perfect word of God eh you know, um, Holy Bible, I think, was like nine. You know, saying what, how wonderful it is. Um, then he went to song. And it's like, okay, you know, a little bit of a stretch, in my opinion. Then he went to Psalms 16, verse 11. God, because 16, 11. And he said, if you take the first verse, then you take the third to the last verse, and it says preserve something. Like, oh, God, we're reaching here. We don't need to reach to get... To, to get some good scriptures, amen. I, you know, I feel like numerology people that dive into that too much get a little carried away, in my opinion. I want to point something out, out here I think is interesting, but not to get carried away with it, but worth noting, amen. Keep your place in Acts 28, 15. Then go to 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7. Oh, we're probably already there, aren't we? Oh, yeah. 
First Thessalonians 4.17 then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. You say, well, what's, what's the big deal? Here's the big deal. That word in the Greek, to meet, right there, isn't just some commonly used word all the time, all the time, all the time. No, no, no. It's the same word to meet that we read in Acts 28, uh, 11. No, I'm sorry. Acts 28, 15. We said, and from thence the brethren heard of us. They came to meet us. Same thing in 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. The word uh, to meet here, to meet, comes from the Greek word, if I can say it right, uh, apentasis. It just means a friendly encounter or meeting. But this word specifically in Bible times was specifically used. That specific word was used regularly when a de delegation went out to meet a visiting official and would accompany him to the city. It was an official grand thing and it was wonderful. It was an official thing. I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to escort you to the city. Isn't it coincidence? Wonderful that it's the same used word used here in the Greek that it was used here. Talking about the rapture. We don't need to spend all of our time looking for some deep spiritual meanings and try to grab something that's not there. But when it's there and it's clear, we can say amen and get excited about it. Back to our text and we'll start closing here. <clears throat> Acts twenty-eight sixteen, And when we came to Rome, the centurion delivered the prisoners to the captain of the guard, but Paul was suffered to dwell by himself with a soldier that kept him. I don't know if I missed this before or if I just forgot about it while studying all these other aspects of the story, the shipwreck and, and all this. <clears throat> but there were other prisoners on board the same ship that Paul was shipwrecked on. Prisoners. Man, I wonder how many of them were prisoners aboard. That. I mean, half. We know there's 276 people total. <clears throat> were half of them prisoners? Let's just say 50 were prisoners. It seems like a safe number. We're kind of guessing, right? You got you got crew members that are uh, uh, running the ship. You got they're running those big oars that they would do. Uh, you have um, how many centurions would you need to take care of fifty prisoners? I don't know, but a lot of them, probably a significant number, were prisoners, and I I got pretty encouraged at that. Because if you're a prisoner being sent to Rome with Roman soldier escorts, you are probably a pretty bad prisoner. Because if they're taking you to Rome, they don't know what to do with you. You're a problem. And I got excited thinking about that and what a testament to the grace of God that he's still willing to save even these vilest of criminals from their sins. They probably got saved at least in that three month span. Maybe not, but they probably did. God had a plan of salvation for all of them if they just accept it. God had a plan of, of, of rest and relaxation, a promise of, 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 of resting from them if, if they just didn't know it. They just put their trust in the Lord. Man, they had a vacation coming. John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. How many? As many. Even the vilest. Titus 2.12, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to only the rich. 
that only the poor know to all men. And I am thankful for that. Uh, that we might think that we're better than those prisoners that were on board. We're not. We're not. Paul had it right when he said, I'm the worst of them all. Amen. If we'd have that understanding, we man, God could do some wonderful things in our lives. But we have to start by trusting in his word. Not necessarily in the preacher, like the message the other day. If the preacher's pointing to the word of God, we better heed it. Amen. Let's close in a word of prayer. I thank you, God, for your word and the power of it. I thank you, God, for the...